Welcome to the Christian Bay Podcast, where Christ and culture connects. Grab your journal. You are watching a master at work. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Christian Bay Podcast, where Christ and culture connects. I pray that you guys are having a wonderful Thursday. So as you guys know, if you follow me on Instagram at the Christian Bay underscore every Wednesday night at 830 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I go on live for a weekly Bible study. And last night we talked about God, you're out of time. We talked about praying and fasting and asking God for something and having a specific deadline or time period that you need God to move and make this thing come to pass in your life. And God doesn't do it. What what happens after that? What happens after you've prayed and God still didn't answer it in the time period that you wanted? What happens after time is up, the application is due, the payment is due, and God, you still haven't done anything? That's what we talked about last night on Bible study on Instagram Live. I wasn't going to put it on the podcast because... If you tune into the live, you know that my godson was with me and he wanted some attention. However, God placed it on my heart this morning to put it on the podcast. So I pray that this word blesses you. If you would like to sow your timeless seed, you can sow your seed to dollar sign the Christian Bay on Cash App, or you can sow your seed to PayPal, polished144 at gmail.com. The information will be in the description box. If you follow the podcast Instagram, the Christian Bay podcast, I shared a testimony that one of our bays shared with us yesterday. I put it on the story. Um, I actually create a highlight for the testimony so that you guys are able to go see it. She sold a seed um, from one of my podcast episodes. And after she sold the seed, she said this past week, she received three job offers. So she, she received triple of what she sold. So I pray that you guys are really practicing um, sowing so that you can receive a harvest that will blow your mind. I pray that this word deposits new seeds of faith. And I'm just going to stop talking your ear off and let you get into the episode. So if you can join me next week, Wednesday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for a Bible study, or you can join me every Friday at 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for Faith Fridays. I love you guys, and I pray that this episode bless you. Father God, first and foremost, we want to thank you for giving us the opportunity. None of that. We want to thank you for giving us the opportunity to be here tonight, Father God. I want to thank you for each and every person that's on this live, Lord. I pray that you decrease me and increase you, Father God. I pray that you allow your Holy Spirit to flow through my lips, Father God. Remove my words, remove my opinions, Father God. Remove my perspective and just allow each and every person on this live to have an encounter with you like no other. We love you and will forever praise your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, guys. So tonight, they is moving. I know you guys are used to seeing me and they on Wednesday night together, tag teaming, and she's moving. Like, I literally hit her up like two hours ago. Like, are you sure you can't get on so we can like do this together? But she's moving right now. So she won't be able to get on live with me tonight. So it's just y'all and me. But it's going to be, it's going to be, let me finna get into it. All right. So I'm going to start reading and tell you guys some background of what's happening in Luke chapter 1. So in Luke chapter 1, it's talking about this man named Zachariah. And Zachariah is married to a woman named Elizabeth. And Elizabeth is his wife. And when you start reading verse 6, it says, Zachariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes. 
every careful to obey all of the Lord's commandments and regulations. So what that means is that, you know, God favored them like they were obedient servants of God. They did what God told them to do. So when you get to verse seven, it says they had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive and they were both very old. Now, during this time, it was like great honor to have children, like for a man to have a son. That meant like you was that man, like you were very popular. You were very fortunate to have a son. So it shocked me when I saw it started off saying that they were favored or that they were, um, let me use the exact word. It says that they were righteous in God's eyes, yet God didn't bless them to have a son. And during that time or have a child period, but during that time you were, you were known that you were blessed by God. If you had a son to carry on your legacy. So that was shocking to me. And when I read verse seven and it said, they had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive and they were both very old. What it made me think was that even though they lived according to God's will and what God wanted them to do, this was the area of their life where they had to lose faith. You have to think about it. If you're, if you were them, if you were Elizabeth, or if you were Zechariah and you're doing everything God is telling you to do, and you're following all of his commandments, you're walking according to the steps that he has for you, and you can't have children, you're, you're, you're barren, you, you cannot conceive, that has to be heartbreaking. I literally put myself in Elizabeth's shoes. That would be heartbreaking for me because... I'm living according to your word. I'm living according to your will, God. I'm doing everything that you want me to do. Why don't you allow me to have this thing? So what I wrote down was that this was a part of their life where you can identify that they most likely did not have faith because one, they were unable to conceive. And the only way to know that you're unable to conceive is to try to conceive and fail. So now we know that they've had this area in their life where they were trying something. And we we all can relate to that. Having an area in your life where you've prayed and you've asked God for something and you tried this thing and it never it never happened you never got it it never came to pass no matter how much praying no matter how much fasting you do you just never got this thing so that was the first thing first way that I knew that they had to not have faith in this area anymore because they were unable to conceive so that's a faith crusher in itself and then on top of that, it says, now I'm too old. So not only were they barren, was she barren and not able to conceive? Now you don't wait until I don't got like 80, 90 years old. Now I really can't have kids. So it's like having a situation in your life where it's just like, God, I tried and I failed. And not only is it too late now, but now it's it seems impossible for this thing to happen. Because when I was praying and having faith and it was failing, I was expecting you to come through with a miracle. But not only did you not come through, now you don't waited too long because it's absolutely impossible now it, it cannot happen now before it was still a possibility when elizabeth was younger when she had good eggs when her uterus was nice and fresh it was still a possibility at that point but now it says and they're too old so when you continue to read Luke chapter one, verse eight says, one day Zechariah was serving God in the temple for his order was on duty for that week. And what I wrote down was that when you get to this place like Zechariah and Elizabeth, you feel like, God, I'm out of time. God, you're out of time. That's where the title came from. God, you're out of time. I, I was already unable to conceive, but now I'm old. You didn't come through like I thought you would. You didn't remove this mountain like your word said you would. I said I wanted to know what school I would get into by a certain date, but now it's too late. Now it's the last day of high school, and I still don't know what college I'm getting to, and now the applications are closed. You still haven't shown me what direction to go in. God, what are you doing? It seems like you're moving too late. I wanted, I wanted to be married 
married and I wanted to have a family by 25 and now I'm 24 and I'm single it seems like it's too late because I don't even have a significant other to start a family so God it seems like you're out of time it seems like you're moving too late God I was supposed to pay this bill by today but now the bank is closed and it's too late to get an extension on this thing so God not only was I already in a tight situation now it's too late to fix this you're out of time so with God being out of time, it continued and said that Zechariah was in the temple serving God. And when I wrote that down, it was like a heart check. And it was like a heart check because this is the posture that God wants us to have in our life when we have certain situations where it feels like, God, you're not moving according to my timetable. And not only are you not moving according to my timetable, now you're late. Now you're past the deadline that I had set for you to move. And with God not moving according to Zechariah or Elizabeth's timetable, verse 8 still says that Zechariah was in the temple serving God. So what I wrote down was that while he was in while he was in the in between he was still serving God. And this is where we mess up sometimes. If you have a situation in your life or you have a promise that God has placed on your heart and you you have placed a timetable or you feel like it was going to happen in a certain time period and now it hasn't happened, that's where we lose faith. That's where we stop trying. That's where we stop praying. That's where we stop fasting because God, you told me this. You gave me this desire in my heart. I thought you were going to do this thing for me. And being that you haven't did this thing in a certain time period, now I I don't lost face now I don't know if I should be praying as much now I don't even feel like preparing for this thing I don't even want to think about it anymore because you didn't move according to the timetable that I thought you were going to move but it says that Zechariah was still serving God so what I wrote down is that our problem is that we think that God's prom promise moves on our timetable so if God told you he was going to do something in your life or God gave you this desire to start a business or to go to school or to have a relationship to have a family we think, okay, God, I feel like I'm supposed to have this thing. I've prayed and I've fasted. And we, we're okay with that part. We're okay with the asking part. But when it comes to the receiving, we create our own timetables. And if God doesn't deliver in that time period, we grow we go weary in our faith. We, we, it's just like, you know what? I don't even want it no more. You don't took so long to bring it to pass. You don't took so long to give me this thing. I don't, I'm good off of it. I don't even want it anymore. And that's the in-between. That's when you're in between God's promise and what he told you and his promise coming to pass. That's how the timetable look. It's what God said and what God did. This is this is God's timetable, what I said and what I did. And God is not a man that he shall lie. So it's not like it's going to come back void. He's going to do what he said. But his timetable looks like what I said and what I did. Our timetable looks like what God said when I feel like he should have did it. And we think it ends here when really this is just the in-between because when you set a time limit on what God should do, that is your time limit. That has nothing to do with God and that has nothing to do with him not, not being a good God. That has nothing to do with him not delivering the promises that he's released to you. That's just your own fleshly mindset of when you think it needs to be done. It The, the Bible literally says they were too old. Why would it say they were too old? Because when we compare it to the world and what the world said, it's a time limit on when you should have kids. That's what the world says. It's a certain time period that you need to get this done. And the world tells, that, tells us that about a lot of things. You need to be married by 25 you need to be finished your school by 21 you need to know what college you're going to before you graduate there's plenty of things that this world puts time limits on and what we do is we begin to stress ourselves trying to live according to the time period of this world but expecting the promise of God 
it does it doesn't work like that it doesn't if you're trying to if you're expecting the promise of god you have to be willing to live according to god's timeline not this world this world is flesh god is spiritual those two don't connect so you're gonna have to figure out do i want god's promise or do i want this world promise because this world promise is on this world timeline and god's promise is on god's timeline so um as we continue to read let me make sure y'all know i go ahead of my notes and i just you know, I just leave the paper. Um, so let me think. I think I got everything. You know, we think it's over. And God is saying, now that I'm free to move however I want, now that I'm no longer restricted or bound by what they think I'm going to do, now I can really work this miracle the, the way they never saw it coming. And that's what happens when we release God from the timetables that we put him on. You have to understand that we want God to do miracles in our lives like how many people in here want a miracle like everybody wants a miracle everybody wants something that's never been done before everybody wants something that's going to blow their mind so they have this testimony that's just like girl you ain't gonna believe what god did and that's what we all want but the issue is we view our situation and we view god through the lens of ordinary you want god to do something extraordinary but you're looking at it and you're measuring it with an ordinary eye if he's gonna do a miracle that's never been done before that must mean you won't be able to see it coming if it's never been done before why do you keep expecting to understand or to know how he's gonna move in your life how he's gonna bless you how he's gonna make your promise come to pass why do you keep thinking that you're gonna be able to predict it or time it and figure out how it's gonna happen if you want something that goes above and beyond you have to you have to be willing to not be ahead of it happening if you want it to be beyond you if you want it to be bigger than you you're gonna have to be okay with being smaller thinking smaller the word says that god's thoughts and his ways are way beyond ours so why do you get discouraged when things are not moving according to the way that you thought they should be moving you have to pick one because if it's going to be God's way, it's not going to match your timetable. It's not going to look like what you think it should look like. It's not going to come the way that you think it should come. But that's a good thing because that lets you know that, God, you're doing a new thing in my life. Oh, God, you're doing something big that I can't even think. I don't even understand how this is happening. That's why I'm in this blind spot. That's why I'm in this in-between because I can't even figure out how you're moving. But I do know that you're moving. That's what, that's what you have to know. So it says that Zechariah was in the temple serving God in spite of not having a son, in spite of his wife being barren, in spite of his wife being old, he was still in the temple serving God. So um, as we continue, verse 12, verse 12 says, he was in the temple serving God for his order was on duty that week. And then it explained how he was in the temple. He had incense going. And it says, wow, verse 11 says, while Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the incense altar. Verse 12 says, Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with, with fear when he saw him. But the angel said, don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Y'all, this was my favorite part. This, this was my favorite part. Because the first thing that I want you, and if you're taking notes, the first thing I want you to write down and to remember is that the promise of God will catch you off guard. Because you have to remember what I just said. You, you don't know when it's coming. You don't know what it looks like. You don't, you, you can't predict this thing. So it's going to catch you 
off guard it's going to surprise you the angel told him don't be afraid because I, I, all i was doing was serving god all i was doing was praying and still fasting in the in-between in spite of my timetable and how i thought god should move i was still sticking with god i know you're gonna make this thing come to pass god i know you're gonna bless my business god i know you're gonna bring me a husband god i know you're gonna get me through school god i know you're gonna get me this car god i know you're gonna allow me to have kids god i know you're gonna heal this health issue god i know you're gonna do it so even though it seems like this time isn't coming I'm not going to get distracted with worrying about failure. I'm going to press forward with my faith. I know this thing is coming to pass. And because Zechariah was so set forth on pressing into God, on serving God, when the promise came, he was scared because it's like, whoa, I wasn't even focused on the promise coming anymore. I was just focused on my faith, but I knew it was coming. But because it came so quick, because it came out of nowhere, it caught me off guard. So the angel told him, don't be afraid. God has heard your prayers. So this is why I wanted you guys to also write down that this is why God takes us through a preparation season before giving us the promise. We know that God has us in the seasons of waiting. A lot of time when he tells you a promise, you feel like the waiting season is forever. But because that promise is coming in an unexpected way, because you're not even going to know that the promise is coming, I need to spend this waiting season preparing you because you don't know when I'm going to release this favor. You don't know when your business is going to take off. So I'm going to have to prepare you. I need you getting your business cards ready i need you getting your mailers ready i need you having your llc ready i need you filing your taxes to make sure everything with the government is ready because when i release this overflow of finances i need you to have everything in order for what i told you because my word cannot return to me void so if you're on here and you're praying and you're asking god for something and you feel like he just keeps telling you to work on it but it's not coming and you're working on it but it's not coming i need you to understand that god has you in a season of preparation because in this preparation season Season, this is where you're getting ready because when it comes it's gonna scare you because it's gonna come in an unexpected way so verse 13 says that he the angel said to Zechariah don't be afraid God has heard your prayer and what God placed on my heart was that there's somebody on here and God heard you not only did God hear your prayer but God's moving but what he wanted me to tell you was that don't box him into your timetable because the greater the time I literally wrote it down while I was praying y'all to make sure I did not forget don't box him into your timetable because the greater the time the greater the testimony you have to think about the situation now she was unable to conceive kids and if they were trying I'm pretty sure it was other people knew and it was other people thinking they ain't gonna never have kids she ain't gonna never finish school she not gonna ever have a successful relationship all her relationships fail she not gonna ever have friends she can't never keep a friend it's always drama and beef and fights around her she's not gonna ever be successful look at her family look at the generations behind her they're not gonna ever do well over there you have to understand when you go through trials and tribulations there's people that watch you there's people that know the stuff that you're going through and they begin to talk and a lot of times when people begin to talk about the things that we're going through we feel like it's god forsaking us we feel like it's god forgetting us when really god is saying i I just need them to witness this come up so yeah they're talking about you in this season but they're gonna be talking about you in the next season but in another way so i don't need you to get discouraged by what they're saying so it, so it was some people i know it was some people that knew that zachariah and elizabeth could not conceive kids and not only that they ain't gonna never have kids because they're old and that's why god said the greater the time the greater the testimony because when they did it was people that were around that was talking that were able to witness the power of God. So as you continue to read, um, not only, I'm sorry, one more note. Not only did the angel tell him that God heard him, but he confirmed that he was sent by God. 
And there's somebody on here. God wanted me to tell you to make sure you confirm who's pouring into you. A lot of times when we're in the in-between season, when we're in the season where we're waiting on God to move in our life and we feel like, God, you're running out of time, we have people that come and they try to give us their advice. They try to give us their opinion. So this angel that came to Zechariah, he confirmed that he was sent by God and he did that by telling him his promise. And he helped him prepare for it by giving him instructions. Because when you continue to read, he said, God has heard your prayer. Your wife, Elizabeth, will give you a son and you are to name him John. Now, the only way you can come and pour into me is if you tell me something that I don't pray to God. That's how I know you sent by God. The only way I can 100% know that God sent you is if you tell me something that I never even told you. A lot of people ask me that. A lot of people have that question. How do I know if this person is sent by God? How do I know if this person that's giving me advice is coming from a godly advice? Listen to what they're saying. He said to him, your wife, Elizabeth, yeah, she's going to have a son. God heard your prayer. It never says that he told this angel what he prayed for so that means that this is confirmation that God sent you. That means that I can trust what you're telling me. That means that God had to speak this thing to you because this is something that me and my wife was praying behind closed doors. So how can you come to me and tell me about my area of lack? How can you come to me and tell me about the area where I have given up faith? Because he was sent by God. So um, as we continue to read, I before we continue, I wrote down that this is what we all pray for. God, tell me your plans and your promises and help me prepare to walk in it. Then we begin to act like Zachariah. Because remember, I said this angel came to him. And you have to think about the areas in your life where you want God to move. The areas in your life where your faith is begin, beginning to waver. The areas in your life where it seems like it's not getting any better. The areas in your life where it seems like I've been praying. And I've been fasting. And I've been praying. And I've been fasting. And God, why aren't you saying anything? God, why aren't you showing me anything? God, why aren't you doing anything? Tell me what to do. We ask God to send us a sign. We ask God to tell us his plans. We ask God to tell us what to do. And then we act like Zachariah. So God sent the angel and Zachariah knew the angel was sent because the angel said something that only Zachariah and his wife, Elizabeth, would know that they were praying for. So you got confirmation that this is from God. Not only did you get that confirmation, but he said, your wife, Elizabeth, will give you a son and you are to name him John. You will be, you will have great joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth for he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. Then he continued to say he must never touch wine or any other alcoholic drinks. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit. He just began to tell him about his promise. Tell him about the thing. That thing that you've been praying for, let me tell you how it's going to look. That business is going to be a billion dollar business. That marriage is going to reach nations. Your husband is going to be a pastor. Your child is going to be anointed. He just began to pour into him about the promise and the prayer that he was asking. And then Zechariah said in verse 18, Zechariah said to the angel, and this is what we do when God tells us about our promise. When God tells us what he's going to do, we do this. Verse 18, Zechariah said, how can I be sure that this will happen? Who are you? How, how you know? What, what proof do I have? that God really gonna cause my business to blow up? What proof do I have that God is really gonna blow my mind? How, he said, how can I be sure this will happen? I'm an old man now and my wife is also well along in years. Because that's what we do. We pray and we fast and we ask God for things. And then when God says, yes, I'm going to give you that thing. Or when God sends someone to confirm it. When God sends someone to let you know that, yes, you, yes, your name is in rooms that your feet haven't even entered. Yes, I have abundance planned for you. Well, how God? Because I ain't got no money today. 
how God, I don't, I don't see the sales tonight. Well, how God, because I never even, I never even started a business before. I never even went to college and you're going to tell me that I'm going to be a first generation college student. How God, I never, I never, nobody in my family was a homeowner. So how are you going to tell me that I'm going to be a homeowner? But you prayed and asked God for abundance. But you prayed and asked God to tell you his plans for your life. You prayed and asked God to tell you how to prepare for what he has for you. But now that he sent the promise to confirm to you that, yes, I heard your prayers and this is what I'm going to do for you. Now you're questioning it and you're stating all of your doubts. Now you're telling God all of the reasons why you can't have the very thing that you prayed for. Y'all ain't got to say that y'all did it because I know that y'all did it because I done did it before, okay? We done all did it. I'm not reading the room. I'm reading us. We done all did it before. Zechariah said, how will this happen? I am old in age and my wife is far along in age too. He began to list restrictions that were under God and what he had the power to do. When you say stuff like this, how, how I never prayed before, how am I supposed to God? How am I supposed to talk to God? How am I supposed to start a relationship with God when I didn't even grow up in church? How am I supposed to start a YouTube when I'm not comfortable with talking on camera? How am I supposed to make a million dollars when I don't even know how to run a business successfully? God, how am I supposed to do this thing that you're telling me you called me to do? And God is just like, well, did you want to know the promise or did you not? So as you continue to read, Verse 19, Gabriel got a little upset because now you wasting my time. Now, that's what Gabriel got a little hood because first of all, I'm, I didn't come here to play. So verse 19, he's, th then the angel said, I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. It was he who sent me to bring you this good news. But now, since you didn't believe what I said, you will be silent and unable to speak until the child is born. For my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. Because you thought I was playing. You thought it was a joke. So because you didn't believe what Gabriel said, I am Gabriel. <laughs> that was the part that shook me, y'all. He said, I, do you not know who I am? He said, I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. The man who you pray to, I be hanging out with him. Like we be chilling together. And you're going to sit here and question what he sent me. He said, he, it was he who sent me to bring you this good news. And, and Zechariah knew that. Because how else would Gabriel know what you and your wife been praying unless God sent him to get to deliver the news to you? So he said, it was him who sent me to give you the good news. You out here tripping like he sent me here to tell you what you've been praying. How else would I know to tell you? It was him who sent me to give you the good news. But now, since you didn't believe what I said, you will be silent and unable to speak until the child is born. For my words will certainly, I underline certainly because that was like a read. Like he was really trying to read him. For my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time, whether you believe or not, period. Like that's what they should have put at the end, period. At the proper time, this is going to happen. So because you didn't believe me, now shut your mouth. And he muted him. Zechariah was not able to talk until that child was born. He wasn't even able to tell his wife that this was coming. He was literally mute. He was literally silent because you tried me. You, you just tried me. I, I, God sent me here to tell you this. But you want to focus on the doubts. You want to focus on your areas of lack. You want to focus on what you don't have. And because you want to focus on that, now I'm just going to shut you up until it comes to pass. 
that's what we're gonna do you you're gonna be quiet until it comes to pass and what it made me think about is this of course this is what we do we list to god and we tell god all the reasons why his promise and the things that he places in our heart can't come to pass yes we do that and what i did was i put myself in a story and i said okay god allow me to think about a time where i would say do you know who i am so when i was in college i worked at i was a um I was a RA, not a RA. I was a, like the desk receptionist at a dorm, at a freshman dorm. So being that I was a desk receptionist at the dorm, you know, I would, I would have the keys to get in. I had the code to get in the door. Like I knew when the orders was coming. I did all of that stuff because I was the desk receptionist at the freshman dorm. So what I thought about was if one of my freshmen came up to, if I told one of my freshmen, you're going to be able to move in after hours since you wasn't able to move in a day. And if my freshman came to me and said, but the rules say that you have to move in at a certain amount of time. And the rules say that I can't come through that door. And the rules say that that door is going to be locked. I would have said, do you know who I am? Because do you understand the authority that I have? Do you understand my position in this situation? Do you understand that I have keys to unlock the door that you need to come through? Do you understand that I control the times that this door open and this door closed? Do you understand that I can go again? The rules don't apply to me. I'm not restricted by the rules that you're restricted to. I don't have to move according to what they say like you do. I have more authority in this situation. I can unlock that door whenever I want to unlock that door. So if I tell you that you can come in this dorm room whenever you want, do you know who I am? I am Christian. I work here. I have the keys to unlock this building. So whenever I say you can come in, that's when you can come in. Whenever I say you can move, that's when you can move. Do you know who I am? And when it comes to our situation in life, when it comes to the things that we're praying and we're having God for, God is saying, I have the keys to unlock any door you can ever dream of. I have the authority to release any blessing that you, I, I can release blessings that you don't even have the capacity to think of. You don't even know to ask for the things that I'm going to release to you. And you want to tell me about the rules and the restrictions that you know of on that earth that I control? Do you know who I am? Do you know that I sit high and I look low? Do you know that I will release abundance that you do not have room to consume? Do you know that I will release favor that does not make any sense that you just going to have to say that it had to be God because I didn't even deserve this i didn't even this went against all the rules of the world this went against everything that the earth says that it should be do you know who i am do you know the authority and the the advantages that i have i am not i am not restricted by the time i am not restricted by what the medical people say you have to do when it comes to children they said you can't have it as a certain age i don't care nothing about that do you know who i am i created your womb I created successful businesses. I am the source of finances. I created health. You're going to tell me about the health issues that you have. If I say you're pregnant tomorrow, you're pregnant tomorrow. If I say you're a millionaire tonight, you're a millionaire tonight. Do you know who I am? Gabriel said, I am Gabriel. And when it comes to our prayers, when it comes to the things that we're expecting God to do in our life, God is saying, I am God. I'm, I'm, I'm bigger than because Gabriel was, cop, was cocky and he was just Gabriel. But that's because he was God's right hand man. So he, he could have that authority. That's why he said, I'm going to mute you because he had that authority. But God is saying to us that I don't care nothing about your timetable. Whatever, whatever prayers you have, whatever promises I place on your heart, I can move and make that promise come to pass regardless of what your friends say, regardless of what your family say, regardless of what your bank account say, regardless of what business, what whatever Trump said, we, we, we don't listen to Trump anyways, regardless of what anybody has to say, I can make these things come to pass on my own timetable. So Gabriel muted him 
And Gabriel did not allow him to speak until the promise come to pass. Because if I allow you to keep speaking, you're going to curse the promise that I'm releasing to you. And a lot of times, a lot of people complain about being in silent season when God just isn't saying anything. And I don't know what they expect about this season. And that's because if he was to tell you something, you would allow your doubts and your fears to drown it out anyways. Your doubt would your doubt will overshadow your faith. So he said, I'm going to have to mute you. I'm not giving you no more information. I'm not giving you no more details on the promise and what I'm going to release in your life because you were ruined it with your words. So now you're silent. You have no choice but to be silent because you don't know anything. I'm not telling you any details. Y'all hear my godson? <laughs> I'm not telling you any details because you're going to ruin it. So if y'all want to know what happened, um, it just talked about how the people, they knew that Zechariah was still in there praising God and that they could tell he had a vision. But when his week of serving God was over, he returned home. And verse 24 says, soon after his wife, Elizabeth, became pregnant and went into seclusion for five months. Verse 25, she said, how kind the Lord is, she exclaimed. He has taken away my disgrace of having no children. And that's how, um, that's the end. That's where we're going to stop at. So I wanted to get on here and I wanted to title this, God, you're out of time. Because a lot of times we feel like when, when God is out of time, according to our table timetables, we feel like that's the end of the promise. We feel like God is not going to not gonna bring this thing to pass. And I wanted to get on here and let you guys know that God is not restricted by our timetable. It does not matter what timetable. It does not matter what rules. It does not matter what society says. It does not matter what the doctor says. You have five months to live. You have six months to live. You only have another year. You can't have. It does not matter. God is not restricted by the rules and regulations of this world. And I want you to get your faith back. I want you to get your understanding that God's ways and his thoughts are beyond ours. So you cannot think based on the things of this world. You need to get your mind aligned with the things of God, the spiritual things. If we say to ourselves that God can do all things if we say to ourselves that God is a God of the impossible he can make the impossible happen why do we restrict him and box him in so much so that's what I wanted to talk to you guys tonight I don't know who in here is worried about a certain time period I don't know who in here is worried about um somebody's opinion or whatever whatever thing you're using to restrict God in that's ending tonight because he is a God of gods. He's the God of gods. He is the God. He is the one that's over all things. And there's nothing that's going to stop him from bringing the promise to pass in your life. If you're in a waiting season, if you're in a season where you feel like you're not hearing anything, he's testing your faith. He wants to know, what are you going to do when you feel like I'm not moving? What are you going to do when you don't see my hand? Are you still going to trust my heart when you can't see my hand? Are you still going to have faith in me when you feel like I'm not doing anything for you? How are you going to act in the seasons where you don't think I'm keeping my word. That's how you can really test somebody. How you act when I'm not doing something for you. You ever had a friend that's just like, well, when I was when I was doing stuff for you, we was cool. But now that it seems like I can't do what you want me to do, now that it seems like I'm not moving on your behalf, now you kind of starting to act shaky. So how are you going to act when it seems like I can't do what you want me to do? When I'm not moving on your behalf, when I'm not moving in the way that you want me to move. And I also want you to guys to take away and to remember that you don't want God to move how you want him to move. Because the way that you want him to move is a way that you've came up with in your mind. It's a way that has already happened. You, if you if you thought of it, it's because you saw it before. And what God wants to do in your life is a one of one. He wants to do something that's never been done before. So you have to get content in the unknown. You have to get content with not knowing. And that's when God can blow your mind. 
all right y'all so we're gonna pray and then after we pray i'm gonna read through the comments and see and answer any questions okay let's pray Father God, first and foremost, I want to thank you for placing this word on my heart. I want to thank you for each and every person on this live, Father God. I pray that this word touched them in their heart, Father God. I pray that this word planted a seed of hope, Father God, but a hope that's unwavering, Father God. A hope that's not boxed in by the limitations of this world, Father God. I pray that they remember that you are a limitless God, not just limitless, Father God, but a timeless, Father God. Time is no threat to you, Father God. You are the father of time, Father God. You created time, and if you wanted to, you can stop time, Father God. So today, I pray that each and every person on this live, they take the box from around you, Father God. They take their mind and what they can think of, and they take off the limitations of who you are, Father God. You are our Father. You are the fathers of fathers, Father God, the King of kings, and you sit high, and you look low, and you move things in our lives, and you cause it to work for our good, even when we don't understand it, Father God. So I pray that each and every person on this live gets a double dose of faith today, Father God, but not just a double dose of faith, Father God, a double dose of trust in you and who you are so that whenever we can't trace your hand, Father God, whenever it seems like you're not moving, we will learn to rely on your heart and who you are in our life. In Jesus' name we pray, we love and we worship your name forever. Amen.